Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 71, Working Toward Conscious Awareness One who regards one's intellectual knowledge as ignorance has deep insight. One who overrates one's intellectual achievement as definite truth is deeply sick. Only when one is sick of this sickness can one cease to be sick. One who returns one's mind to the simplicity of the subtle truth is not sick. One knows to break through conceptual knowledge in order to directly reach the subtle truth of the universe. This is the foundation of one's health. That's verse 71 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Hua Ching Ni. Next... Let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about being sick and tired, (laughs) and part two talks about breaking through. Okay, so for this first part, I think the key thing here is the second line where Lao Tzu says, one who overrates one's intellectual development as definite truth is deeply sick. So is this really a case for anti-intellectualism? I don't really think so. I think it's more of a just call to realize what's really important. Yeah, our brain's a tool. It's great. But it's a tool. That's all it is. Um, At least that's my takeaway from this thing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like the brain as a tool is awesome. Putting it into perspective 
it's not the end all be all, right? It's not the thing that's actually going to make me like this super enlightened being or anything like that. I can use it to help me get there, but it's not the thing, right? Um, and so I feel like that's really the part where, you know, that's that's the prerequisite to understanding, you know, part one, which is, hey, look, when you're trying to do all of this, like Dan did, um, of trying to think your way into like, you know, a spiritual experience, um, what happens is it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And I keep trying this over and over and over again, right? Like thinking that, oh man, I see everybody else getting it, but I don't get it. Why don't I get it? And eventually I just get to this place where I just become sick and tired of just trying to get it. And in that moment, that's when I become receptive. <laughs> it's so counterintuitive. That moment when I decide that I'm finished trying to figure it out is the moment that the universe opens to me. So I feel like that's the main idea of part one. Now, part two talks about breaking through. Lao Tzu says, one knows, one knows to break through conceptual knowledge in order to directly reach the subtle truth of the universe. And then he calls that the foundation of one's health. So first I have to get sick and tired. And I have to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's when I open myself to another possibility. And that other possibility is the idea that I can separate my sense of self from reality. I don't have to subscribe to my thoughts. I don't have to subscribe to my emotions. Do I have to feel them? Yeah, they're there. And they're a part of my physical makeup. Are my thoughts there? Well, for the most part, yes. And do I have to actually identify with them and say, oh, well, this is who I am? No, I don't. I don't. When I become willing to recognize that, that is when the universe opens up for me and I get to be receptive to this whole other way of living, which is in harmony with the Tao. And once I am standing at the threshold and I see all this other opportunity, that's when I break through. That's when I make the conscious decision to say, okay, let me try this other way. So, First, I got to be sick and tired. Then I've got to see that, hey, wait a minute, maybe there is a better way. And then I actually have to step through that threshold so I could break on through to the other side. Okay, so let's wrap that up. Let's remember that verse 71 has two parts to it. Part one talks about being sick and tired. And part two talks about breaking through. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 71 again. One who regards one's intellectual knowledge as ignorance has deep insight. One who overrates one's intellectual achievement as definite truth is deeply sick. Only when one is sick of the sickness can one cease to be sick. One who returns one's mind to the simplicity of the subtle truth is not sick. One knows to break through conceptual knowledge in order to directly reach the subtle truth of the universe. 
This is the foundation of one's health. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering working toward conscious awareness. There are two things. One is conscious awareness. And two is breaking on through to the other side. Conscious awareness. My eyeballs have never really seen themselves. <laughs> They're there floating around in my eye sockets, moving around wherever I want to look. They just do their jobs, collecting information via light waves and sending it into my brain so I can make some sense of what's, quote, out there. How would they know what they look like? Of course, I can look at a reflection of myself and see a pretty accurate representation of them. Images congruent with the rest of the reality I seem to experience. But they will never likely have a good direct look at themselves. <laughs> they will never know what they look like. A fish with its limited brain capacity will probably never realize it's in water. It's swimming around in its medium, not understanding like we do that it's really just a liquid form of a molecule plus a whole bunch of other stuff. It'll live its life, not really aware of the fact that it's in water, and certainly not that perhaps there are other media in which other biologics live. You know, like the ground, the air, <laughs> space even. We have brains, and the brains think. <laughs> and we have knowledge of the world around us. You know, how much things weigh, how long things are, the qualities and attributes of pretty much everything in our environments. So I feel like we've got a leg up on the fishes there. We can even think about concepts, even though we don't see them. You know, concepts like the ocular system in our bodies, the cardiorespiratory system, the digestion system. And we can even think about the fish as being a part of something greater and its appropriate ecosystem. The food chain it belongs to. It's survival mechanisms, copycat survival strategies, all of that. These brains are marvelous tools. They are learning machines, which to me is quite inspiring. It's somewhat ironic to me then, how despite our intellectual prowess, we are unable to access harmony with the Tao with them. <laughs> In my interpretation for this verse, Lao Tzu seems to be saying that I can't think my way into enlightenment. It isn't set up that way, he says. In fact, he even says that if I try to do that, I will keep missing the mark, and that will injure me. Hmm. Is this a case of anti-intellectualism? Well, after contemplating this for a while, I can say that I really don't think so. I think we're just encouraged to remember that our brains are but tools that can help us. As being a finite part of the universe, as expressed by physical energy, the brains are not the end-all be-all. Now, for many years, I took my thoughts very seriously. I didn't even know that that's what I was doing until I became open to considering that perhaps the emphasis I placed upon my intellectualism was the very thing that was keeping me from feeling compassion, contentment, and humility 
you know, the three treasures that allow me to con- consciously take my place within the Tao. I felt the need to, quote, figure it out. Knowing no other way before I became a student of the Tao, I was lost. And the more I tried to get it, the further away it got. As Lao Tzu puts it, I was deeply afflicted with a soul sickness that I didn't even know. I didn't even know I had. (laughs) It was only when I became willing to consider the possibility that my brain wasn't the only way to access peace that I began my real journey. When I began to experience peace from my practice, I started to realize that I had been going about finding the three treasures in the wrong way. It's cool because my experience has been that all I needed to do was be willing to consider it first. And that opened up a little piece for me. And then I did it again, this time finding a little more peace. It was a series of fits and starts for me, setting aside the importance of my thoughts and accessing a feeling of connection with the Tao. And <laughs> it continues to be that way, though I am a little more bought in to allowing the Tao to provide for me now. It has definitely been a process. I guess my whole take on this verse is this. Despite its somewhat redundant use of words to talk about affliction or sickness, it's telling me that, look, Dan, you can't think your way into enlightenment. You can't think your way into feeling and expressing compassion, contentment, and humility. That stuff is accessible only once you set aside your notion that you can. (laughs) Lao Tzu seems to be telling me, It's not your brain that helps you see. It is your awareness of your brain that does. It's your awareness as a conscious being that allows you to see what your eyeballs really are. It allows you to see that you're in an ocean of breathable air floating through non-breathable space. It's your awareness that allows you to consciously experience that which your senses cannot. The truth that you are an expression of the Tao and always connected whether you think that's the case or not. My brain does not generate conscious awareness of my connection with the Tao. My willingness to become aware is what does. So yes, it's okay to gain knowledge and use my brain for cool stuff. I must remember to put it in its proper place, however. It is a tool that I have the opportunity to grow, fashion, make into what I need it to be so I can use it to experience the Tao in different ways. But it's not the actual thing that does it. Nope. My willingness to be aware is what does that. Break on through to the other side. You know, Jim Morrison's song lyrics aren't all that far off from this second part of the verse. He starts out talking about the day destroying the night, and the night dividing the day. (laughs) That sounds kind of yin and yang to me. Then there are the last couple of verses in the song that talk about there being a side of life that is there and different from our immediate perceptions. In this Tao Te Ching verse, Lao Tzu says that because we recognize that our minds can't think us into blissful enlightenment, just that recognition alone is what allows us to look in a different direction. And that unlocks the door to connection with the Tao. Compared to other translations, I feel like Hua Qingni's resonates with me the most. 
Other translations have this overuse of the theme, whether it's affliction, sickness, whatever. But watching me says what I feel is the clearest thing. In the paperback edition of The Complete Works of Lao Tzu, copyrighted in 1995 and published by the Tao of Wellness, and on page 92, he translates, One who returns his mind to the simplicity of the subtle truth is not sick. He knows to break through conceptual knowledge in order to directly reach the subtle truth of the universe. To me, this is clear only after I have taken some time to reflect how the Tao isn't a concept. Rather, it's a thing we call that universal truth that we are always experiencing. Some folks call it God. Some call it the universe. Some call it Allah. Some call it the Buddha. Shiva, Kali. While there are subtle differences in each of those personifications, the list of ways we refer to that universal truth are pretty much the same. It is the spiritual energy that moves around and through us, of which we are very much a part. You can't start a gasoline engine car by getting in and willing it to turn on. And we can't just access the Tao by enhancing our knowledge of it. The car needs a key, a human to turn the key, and a bunch of other parts to work together. We must open ourselves to the Tao, be willing to be vulnerable with it, allow it to show us things and do things for us. We must feel the Tao to access it. So not going to lie, this seemed impossible for me in the beginning, mostly because I had no idea what I was supposed to do, but with a little patience, and by practicing some of the other verses in this book, I was able to catch a clue. And as long as I continue to practice, I find that truth after truth is revealed as I progress. And that helps me break on through to the other side. To wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering working toward conscious awareness, I thought about two things. Number one, was conscious awareness. And number two, I thought about breaking on through to the other side. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of working toward conscious awareness in this verse today. As the story goes, Siddhartha decided to sit under a tree all night until enlightenment came, and, with enough painstaking perseverance, he transformed into the Buddha. Some folks would go on to call this an achievement of some sort, and eventually, enlightenment became a thing. In my experience, there was definitely a point when I realized that I could separate my notion of self from the physical experiences and thoughts I have. But this was only the beginning. I feel that, to some extent, I had become sick of the sickness and was willing to seek something else. Now, for me, enlightenment isn't an attainment or an achievement. Rather, it's the byproduct of a series of lettings go. I used to think it could be like a badge. Now I know that it's just a prerequisite for really starting to live life fully. In any case, it doesn't matter for me what it is or what it isn't. The thing I feel is most important 
is to always be working to live fully. Because when I'm doing that, I am persistently dismantling that selfish ego. Like a wind gently blowing away the evaporating water from the surface of a pond, my efforts to move into harmony with the Tao by practicing our principles continually empties that lake of aggression, desires, and pride into a basin of compassion, contentment, and humility. There is a Zen saying that goes, before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. We chop wood so we'll have fuel for the fire and carry water so we have something to drink. Despite our realizations or states of awareness, it is these physical things we do that sustains our condition. So how do we develop a way of chopping wood and carrying water today? Now, for me, it's the growth and ongoing development of a spiritual practice. There are things I do for my practice, and since I've started them, those things have actually changed. It's been this ongoing morphing process. And the neatest part about it has been that a new practice or thing will come across my path <laughs> when I'm ready for it. Sometimes I need to make room for it by letting go of another routine, but I find that's quite fine. And that's the way it's been going for me. So I would invite you to develop your own spiritual practice or to keep developing your own spiritual practice. It doesn't need to be elaborate. It doesn't need to take a lot of time. There's meditation, reading, journaling. There are awareness and focus exercises and there are physical exercises you can do, all designed to help you refine your conscious awareness. Now, the good news is many masters have come before us and have documented their practices for us. Ask the Tao to show you the way, sit back and relax, and allow that into your life, which is already here, to come to you. Along your journey and the development of your spiritual practice, I wish you compassion, contentment, and humility. And that'll wrap it up for today. Thank you for considering how we can apply the principle of working toward conscious awareness with me today. close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 71 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Hua Ching Ni. One who regards one's intellectual knowledge as ignorance has deep insight. One who overrates one's intellectual achievement as definite truth is deeply sick. Only when one is sick of this sickness can one cease to be sick. One who returns one's mind to the simplicity of the subtle truth is not sick. One knows to break through conceptual knowledge in order to directly reach the subtle truth of the universe. This is the foundation of one's health. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious 
those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.